0: Good morning, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm at Huntingdon Racecourse, which is a a blustery scene at present. A little bit of watery attempt at sunshine poking through a largely greyish skyline. It's going to be bleak, but it's going to be dry. And I'm looking forward to a good afternoon's entertainment. I'll be on duty for Racing TV this afternoon. And even though I don't have to put up with the noise that normally is outside my office when I'm recording this podcast, mainly the dog barking, I've found myself a spot in the press room at Huntingdon, which was really quiet, until somebody just came in about five minutes ago and turned the tea urn on. So if it sounds like I'm unnaturally shouting, it's because I've got a big blast of um, steaming tea urn in my ear. Anyway, that's of no interest to you, and it's similarly of no interest to Lydia Hislop, who joins me today to consider Lydia first of all uh, this morning why there are so few british entries for the dublin racing festival entries were published yesterday just two two british representatives across all the grade one races over the course of the two days huge british crowds likely to turn up no british horses why so
1: Massive paradox, isn't it? Um, I would like another cup of tea. I've already had three. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Uh, So just two British entries from 117, eight grade ones, a huge amount of prize money. It's baffling, really. Uh, If you go through each of the races, you can think of horses that should be there. Should we start with the Irish uh, champion hurdle? Yeah, why not? Surely, if you're Nicky Henderson, you should be running one of, one of your horses. I mean, First Street, for example, uh, why, why why, wouldn't he run really well there? Epiton would be a, a prime one, wouldn't she?
0: Yeah, how high is the standard? Well, clearly, Honeysuckle's going to run again. She's often reserved her best for this race. She, in anyone's language, is a formidable opponent, but not so formidable that you'd think, well, I, I wouldn't mind having a dar to her, particularly if she's not maybe quite as good as she was you know two seasons ago or for bits of yes. last season it's not not enough to make you run away is it and if you've got four horses potentially for the champion hurdle and you don't think three of them have got a cat and hell's chance of getting to your number one hope surely you'd you'd run one of them in in ireland
1: exactly exactly and you know we we don't know yet whether honeysuckle isn't as uh, good as she was. I mean, it, her best season two seasons ago, not so much last season, it was a perfectly reasonable debut. She just got beaten. Uh, that will decide her run in the Irish champion hurdle. will decide whether she goes to Cheltenham to defend her champion hurdle crown or whether she's retired. Uh, Peter Maloney, the racing manager to Kenny Alexander, has, has stated that if she isn't up to the uh, standard to defend the champion hurdle crown, then she will be retired. No messing about with the mayor's hurdle. Well done. Um, but it is deeper than that, isn't isn't it? Because you've obviously got the rising stars, State Man, who uh, when the Matheson, was chased home by his stable companion, who the then four-year-old Verban, who you would expect reasonably to take a step forward. You know, it's going to need a big performance from Verban to to mean that Paul Tannen jumps from from State Man, but it could happen. So I suppose the race is deeper, but it does come back to the fact that if you've got Constitution Hill and Stable Companions, who you know can't get past him, why why isn't at least one of them here? Uh, that that would be one. Then how about the um? What how about the Irish Gold Cup? What did you think of that?
0: Well, here's a list of the last few Irish Gold Cup winners, Lydia. Okay, go from 2014 onwards. Last mm-hmm. instalment. Remember him? No. No, fine. Carlingford locked twice. You know, I do
1: remember him. Yeah.
0: Worthy horse, brilliantly trained, but you know, he was what he was. Sizing John, brilliant that year, won the gold cup.
1: Yeah.
0: Ed Wolf. <laughs> Bell's <laughs> Hill, not striking Sorry, fear in your heart. Delta Work. He was good when he won it. Ken Boy. And conflated last year. We might not have seen the best of Conflated yet, and he might win again. They they're not horses that you think, oh my god, there's no way a Protectorat or a long presse or horses of that caliber shouldn't be entered in the race. Okay, if they don't want to go, they don't want to go, but shouldn't it at least be on the table as an option?
1: I think so. The, the race uh, from an Irish perspective hinges around gallupin um, stepping up to three mile in open grade one company. Uh, apart from that, as you've just suggested, they're not that scary. Conflated, you know, he does shape as though these days he wants a trip, but um, again, it's going to be a strongly run race that could find him out. He does make errors. He's not terrifying. Apart from the potential of de Deschamps, there is nothing really frightening in that race. So, I mean, immediately. I mean, I, I wonder why Sans Russian isn't here. Who's an eight year old in fine form for Ruth Jefferson. She, he got an entry for the Gold Cup. He's on the Gold Cup fringes. Why wouldn't you head over uh, for the Irish Gold Cup? And some of the other ones that are headed towards the Cotswold chase, for example, like Protector Why wouldn't you send Protector Act over for a big payday now? Um I wonder whether in a year's time we probably would see that horse here. Uh, I think Dan Skelton has got a very definite campaign in his head for him en route to the Gold Cup. But you know, nonetheless, there are there are some some prizes here. Eldorado El Allen, why Eldorado Allen would be a, an obvious one to to come over and and try it. I think he's better left-handed. The track would probably suit. Why wouldn't you send him over?
0: This is it. And if you if you haven't got the entry, you can't run. Now there mm. are two. British trained horses that have been entered. One of them is So Royal. Yeah, I know. But guess what? So Royal's owned by Simon Maneer and Isaac Swode, who've got runners in just about every other race as well, including Blue Lord in the same race that So Royal's entered in. Alan King said that's a distinct possibility that he could go to the Dublin Chase. The other one, Hoist the Bunting, is a novice and a novice hurdler at that. We know one man who's not frightened of of, of taking up a challenge. Nigel Twist and Davis. Listen to listen to what he had to say uh, about uh, about whether this is an option and and whether they might take it up.
2: Uh, not up most no. Um, obviously, we're looking at linkfield next next weekend, but you see that could be off, couldn't it? You know, if the rain keeps on like it seems to be doing all the time, so we, we would then maybe go there. Yeah, it's
0: Can you think why pe- more people aren't entering horses for for the Dublin Racing Festival? If you had a if you had a stack load of Grade One horses, would you at least give them the entry? Oh
2: well, yes, you'd definitely you know, give the entry. You no, know, I imagine people are frightened off because an awful lot of the best horses seem to be in Ireland at the moment.
0: That doesn't bother you too much. Never bother me. <laughs> and with a with a horse like we've all been caught, you've trained enough Cheltenham Festival winners, lots of Cheltenham Festival winners. Do you think you could go and take in a race against the best novice hurdlers in Ireland? And if he ran well, is there any reason why you shouldn't then come back off that and run well at at Cheltenham? Because the the orthodoxy is that you kind of can't do both.
2: Well, I can't see why not, really. There's a long (laughs) long gap between them.
0: You can get a horse back and he could run perfectly well in in both festivals. Oh,
2: definitely, yes. Most of the Irish are going to be doing that, aren't they?
0: Yeah, and and is there is there anything in the travelling to Ireland that would be in, in any way a deterrent to people, do you think?
2: Well, it shouldn't be. It's quite easy. You know, it's easier again
3: now, isn't it? So it shouldn't be. Okay,
0: tell me, tell me a little bit about this horse. If he goes and takes on the very best uh, staying novice hurdlers, uh, England and Ireland, how's he going to fare? How is he? How is he doing?
2: Well, he's great. You know, he's a lovely horse. We don't know how good he is at all. You know, he hasn't... Uh, um you know he hasn't been tried over the over the three miles yet which which is sort of the two six um you know the longer and, and the softer the ground the better i think you know he's a great big strong horse
0: so nice stiff tracks will suit him well somewhere like leopardstown actually might suit him really well
2: yeah i thought so yes
0: well a deliciously laconic nigel twist and davis
1: <laughs> i thought you skillfully teased out such expansive answers <laughs> there
0: well you know and he's great though because he picks up the phone so friendly and 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 he just but he just tells it like it is he's not you know what he just keeps it brutally simple and and yet i'm sure there are nuances and people will be saying well it's not as straightforward as that and i've got this that and the other and it may well be that the horse goes to lingfield and doesn't go anywhere near the dublin racing festival but if you've got a horse you've spent a lot of money on you've got to you've got to stay in the mix haven't you you've got to at least seem to be competitive
1: well, this is the horse that when he won his bumper, Nigel Twiston-Davis compared him with Imperial Commander, his Gold Cup winner, and said his target is the Gold Cup. So, you know, he 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 thinks a lot of him. Now, of course, Nigel Twiston-Davis is a very front foot campaigner and I applaud him sincerely for that. Um, and this is another example of that. He's got a good horse here. I really like the performance um, on New Year's Day at Cheltenham when he won the Ballymore, which is now a maiden rather than a listed um, hurdle, and that really helped the Chalo get the numbers that they did. might even help the top. Um, but he beat Rock My Way by a length and a quarter, but the two of them were a long way clear. The runner-up looks decent, and I liked We've All Been Caught Out. He looks like, at worst, as Nigel has said, a stayer in the making. I think two mile six around Leopardstown. I mean, I, I wrote next to that, good move. Um, I, I could see him running really well there. Ah,
0: of course, it could well be. that the, the Just the sheer numerical strength of Mullins is too much, and it will suppress everyone. Just looking at those entries, it appears as though he's going to win at least half, if not two thirds of the grade ones, maybe well, the, even more.
1: It, 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 he's very, very strong. He he is certainly very strong. Um, and the novice chases, I think, are interesting. Lots of them are doubly entered. You've got the choice of two mile one at Leopardstown, which can be quite stiff. You know, it's not a sharp two miles and two mile five uh, of the novice chase. So uh, you learn a bit, and it's interesting that, or not surprising, but it's good to have it confirmed, that Dysart Dynamo, for example, isn't in the Team R5, whereas most of his stable companions are entered in both and have those options. So that kind of suggests that Dysart Dynamo, if he's good enough, is, a, is an Arkel horse in the minds of um, Sutton. Um, other horses are more flexible. Appreciate it. He returned at Nace on Sunday. Had nothing really to beat, um, and but does look like he's taken to fences really well. There's El Fabiolo, uh, Flame Bearer. I think he is entered this weekend. Yes, I think he's running at Fairy House on Saturday. That's right. Um, in a beginner's chase. Um, there's Gayard dume who's in his second season as a novice and uh, might be running in the brand advisory, ultimately might be a national hunt chase kind of horse. And there's James de Burleigh, who made a very exciting uh, debut um, over fences uh, around the, the new year. And then there's, of course, the Sir Gerhard, and last night on uh, Road to Cheltenham, Ruby Walsh was saying that there's, there's some novice chase potential, uh, him, him going out first time out, um, not in the short term, but he did. I mean, from what he said, I felt like Thaiste's day might have a have a ring around it. There's a novice chase there. And that's where Sir Gerhard might run if indeed they pursue the chase projects. But clearly from the entries here, it's it's open in Willie Mullins's mind, because Sir Gerhard is in the Chanel Farmer Irish champion hurdle, and he is also entered um over fences. So that's something that is yet is yet to play out. Clearly, Sir Gerhard, the, the likelihood is that we well it seems like, as unless they have another um, small setback, that we are going to see him potentially quite soon.
0: Your Anglo Irish pattern is not getting any closer to fruition, is it? If this is anything to go by, is is this not suffering a little bit from Irish Derby syndrome as well, insofar as you know UK trainers for a number of years just avoided it because they thought we're not going to go into Aidan O'Brien's quote unquote backyard? That thankfully has stopped now, but um, we got to wait a little while before people think you know that they just can't run against five Willie Mullinses.
1: Well, I think the thumping at Cheltenham has been really high in British traders' minds and that, that has, deter, you know, the, the powerhouse and, you know, the next generation, the next generation seemingly coming through, the powerhouse that Ireland has, that has been nerve-wracking and the idea of, you know, travelling over and then, you know, ra- racing at their, their, in their backyard rather than locally to them. I mean, that's got um, all sorts of uh, back, potential barriers in, in the mind. Also, of course, we had last season where um, Paul Nicholls took, took Grenatine and on over, And they both performed badly, but you know he also came up with sort of physical reasons why they didn't run very well, which isn't necessarily down to um, Mm -hmm. running an episode. It could that could have happened wherever they 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 ran potentially. So you know I I can imagine that maybe Paul Nichols might be once bitten twice shy, but I don't think those two horses you know statistically prove that running in the Dublin Road Festival is a bad idea.
0: Well, indeed, and look at Frodon—he's gone to Down Royal and and beaten good horses there, very good horses, probably horses that are fundamentally better than him. There's always an opportunity, and you know what? If your horse is going to get stuffed by all the Irish horses at Cheltenham, I've got news—it's probably going to get stuffed by them anywhere.
4: So,
1: <laughs> yes, you, if you're
0: gonna if you're gonna roll the dice, you may as you, you may as well roll the dice in a race that's slightly easier at Leopardstown than the one that's likely to occur in the Cotswolds a few weeks later.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And it means that you can then also recalibrate and decide to to run, you know, to aim something else. If, you know, if you think there are no excuses for, for that defeat, you can then recalibrate your season, your campaign accordingly, can't you? There are a few of these entries that might get sorted out at the weekend. There's the Moscow Flyer at Punchestown. There's also the, the Kildare, the, sorry, the Madigan group, Novice Chase, uh, that, that same day as well. There's a four-year-old hurdle at Fairy House, which might sort out some of the... Um, juveniles, uh, the likes of Blood Destiny, Jazzy Matty, and Nuzret are um, running there. Uh, Darren Jacob did say on Rototillum last week that he thought that Nuzret is better right-handed, but it's quite interesting the entries. I I always find them find them very interesting because you can kind of see what the way that trainers are beginning to think. Um, I should mention the Irish Point, who is a really good second to Champ Kylie in the Lawyers of Mace on Sunday. Immediately after the race, Gordon Elliott was saying he might not run at the Dublin Racing Festival. He's got an entry in both the two-mile six and the uh, two-mile over hurdles. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, it's not not definite that he will be turning up. I think he's a decent horse, Irish Point, and he might be underestimated at Cheltenham comparative to his form because he's got beaten in a couple of grade ones.
0: Well, uh, he looks like a trier to me. Um, Yes, Good, good word. Yeah, he looks like he tries hard and he's got quite a lot of class. So he it he, so he, give you a run wherever he turns up, I suspect. And...
1: Definitely. I think he's the kind of horse who could hit, hit the frame wherever they decide to run, it, run him at Cheltenham. Uh, the, the the lineup between Fasal Vega and High Definition plus others is going to be interesting. High Definition uh, l- l- delivered a performance full of promise on his herding debut at Lepistone, but he did show a marked tendency to go out to his right. So I do wonder whether this way round is really what
0: he wants yeah i i think he's a good horse and well i know he's a a great one horse on the flat I, i still think he's overpriced for the for the supreme but that might be one for a for another podcast we'll come back to ireland in a in a few moments but first of all let's concentrate on what's happening tomorrow in the uk kempton and warwick flying the flag it could be one of the biggest days in the career of trainer chris honor who trains just a small string but has leading fancies at kempton with tile tapper and at warwick in the classic chase with grumpy charlie could have run them both in the same race they were both entered uh, warwick Uh, i spoke to him a little earlier on today and uh, i began by asking him how tempted he'd been to run them both in warwick's feature
3: um, well looking at the, the, the race at um uh, at Kempton, quite quite frankly I would've been mad to you know, to run the two against one another. Um I think Tal Tap has got a very, very good opportunity um at Kempton. Um he he's he's come out of his last race very, very well. Um, you know, it was our first run over three miles, so we're just Hold on to him a little bit now we know we're going to get home um and 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 it might have just been a a bit a bit of a step too far in going from two mile three to three miles and then straight up to three mile five i do think in the future he will get those sort of trips um you know but he's a very delicate horse i've had to look after him you know his entire life i I fold him so it's my fault that i've bred such a delicate creature um but we love him to bits and we you know we're we're we're, we're very hopeful of his chances um, tomorrow
0: see this is what i love about doing this this show every day is that it's as close as i can get to from the horse's mouth because you're actually riding tile tapper as you're talking to me
3: I literally am. I'm doing circles around and around so I don't lose signal for you because he, he he's, he's getting quite confused while we're not going home. Um, but no, yes, that's exactly that. And then I'll literally I'll jump on Charlie and make sure he's okay for tomorrow. And then and then that's them done and they'll, they'll be tucked up for bed tonight. And um, we'll see how we get on tomorrow. But I do think John Grumpy Charlie will have a very good chance tomorrow. Um, in an ideal world, I wouldn't be running him 15 days apart. Um, he was meant to go for the Peter Marsh. Um, that was my initial plan, but um, I, I thought this race look to suit. Um, he needs to go left-handed, so it, it limits my opportunities for him. Um, now he's gone to one-four-one, um, so it was it was kind of here or there. And they are a little bit sceptical um, how how good everything will weather-wise will be for Haydock next week. So kind of had my little hand forced a little bit, but I'm very pleased that how he's come out of the Mandarin. Um, he, he's done everything right. Not that he's worked a great deal, um, but he's fresh and happy. He's eating great. Um, so we go forward with it. I think if Very, very good chance. It was very difficult um, for Brian to choose, and to a certain degree, it got taken out of his hands. He had one ride at Warwick or three at Kempton, um, and I was quite happy for him to ride either or. um, Jeff Thompson, who owns Grumpy Charlie, um, does actually sponsor. Um, Brian and he, he he said, look, I don't want to get into the way of you. have Got nice rides in there were races and and he was happy um, the fact that we got James Bowen. Um, so you know he's one, he's a very able deputy. So it, I I wouldn't read in too much to why Brian's riding. Such and it just it just how how the, how the cards fell basically.
0: Yeah, and he picks up a lovely ride in the Lanzarote for Harry Fry as well in Dubrovnik Harry.
3: So that might have tipped the balance. So you know it, Jeff is you know he's very fair. He didn't want to stand in. You know his, Brian's trying to get back going again with you know with the trouble he's. Had with injuries, um, and he didn't want to stand in the way and saying, "Right, you're going to ride my horse." He, he, he's very, very good. Um, Jeff is amazing. He, he's he's helped me. He sponsored me. He sponsored me like he spent sponsors Brian now with Dublin S Recycling, and um, he's been incredible to both of us. Um, so we're very grateful um, to, to him being very gracious and letting him go go and ride Tail Tapper, which suits me anyway. So um, you know, they're, they're, that's where we are with him.
0: You obviously know these horses, like the back of your hand, as you say, you fold tile tapper, you're going to ride them both this morning, you're riding one you're about to ride the other. When you ride them, Chris, which gives you the better feel? Which Which is the horse of real class, do you think, out of the pair of them?
3: Oh, that's a really difficult one. Um, tile tapper, as you can hear, me, he's now scraping the ground, so I'm sitting still. Um, he only ever does what he wants to do. He, he, he is no, there's nothing flashy about tile tapper. He um, and, until I promise you now, if you put him on heavy ground, he is a different animal. Um, he, he's amazing, and because I haven't, I, I haven't actually got all weather gallops. Um, my horses get to use use all different types of surfaces with the with anything from firm ground going up the steep. hill. To bog-like ground that I'm having to deal with at the moment, um, so they they know how to deal with it. Um, but tall tapir on heavy ground is incredible. Um, he, he, he might not be quite rated as highly as Charlie, but he could equally rise to those sort of levels um, without without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Grumpy Charlie, he does show you a little bit more at home, um, but again, he won't give you everything, um, and, and that's the best way to have them. You don't, you don't want them to to be show, showing the world what they are at home. You want them to be doing that on the track. Um, and they're both, you know, they're, they're, they're treated like horses. We do, you know, what, what a day-to-day rider would would be doing out in the country decide is what how, how my horses are trained and you know so when when they finish this job they, they don't need retraining like some horses do they, they know that job already and they're ready to go and go and enjoy their lives after they've given us great enjoyment as, as racehorses
0: chris best of luck tomorrow
3: yeah no thank you very much
0: trainer chris honor there a board tile tapper which is um <laughs> which i think should be a prerequisite now lydia don't you that if i talk to a trainer they should be on the horse i'm talking about
1: <laughs> yes, you know, put it put it in your riders, st- stipulate it. That that's very good. He's been in really good form this season, uh, you know, good seconds at, at Exeter and Kempton.
0: What do you fancy tomorrow?
1: What do I fancy tomorrow? Well, I think Gallier De Lito is going to uh, find Warwick much more to her liking after giving herself a real fright at Kempton, when she ran in the quarto star, she made a mistake at the second and she just lost her confidence immediately after that. She also then turned into the the straight where they were having issues with the the sun um, sort of glaring in their eyes. And I think it, she needed to get her confidence back at the next next fence and it got complicated from there and ultimately she was pulled up. I think she's very smart indeed. Mm-hmm. She's currently second favourite for that um, and I think she should be favourite.
0: It's Dan Skelton there at Warwick, isn't it? Of course. It, he... it
1: looks like it, doesn't it?
0: Hmm. Uh, and anything at, at Kempton did, did, did the Lanzarotti hurdle tickle your fancy or not particularly
1: uh, I haven't looked deeply at Kempton just yet um, I did look at the Silvaniaco Conti. I did wonder whether Pick he might again be able to sort of dominate that field I think that's quite important to him for the, the Silvaniaco Conti. I think it's important that his fencing his jumping isn't put under pressure he might be a better horse this season um in terms of his jumping but i'd like to see a a horse sort of press him at, at, at fences to find out whether that's the case of course paint the dream could be the one to do that but will they keep doing the tactics that they did last time he's usually a front runner it serves him well but they rode him more patiently in a race where there was a lot of pace on at Newbury last time and so it'll be interesting to see what connor Brace decides to do to, with him tactics wise and then there's of course the return of angel's breath as well yeah. which will be Very interesting indeed. Uh, In the Lanzarote, what were you thinking in the Lanzarote?
0: Well, I've gone for MS Boy or Hermes Boy at a big price. It's a race where any number of them could be really, really well handicapped. And in the end, I've gone for a horse who I think will go in really gluey, nasty ground and just keep going and might just sneak a place each way. Uh, The Angel's Breath story, incidentally, was one that we told uh, in episode 648 on january the 4th if you want to go back and listen to sam thomas talking about angel's breath it's quite a good story uh that was from the january the 4th episode lydia plenty of people went racing over christmas according to figures released today and david armstrong flagged that up uh on a show earlier in the year that anecdotally crowds seem to be very strong across uh across race around britain including the one that i'm sitting at right at the moment i don't think there'll be as many people at Huntingdon today
1: No, um, aren't they they moving that fixture from Christmas next year? I think they are. I don't think. I think that was Huntington's final hurrah, or for the foreseeable future. I think that's right um yes yeah, so just just shy of two hundred thousand racegoers race goers going through the gates at 35 meetings stage in the week from the 26th of december to the 2nd of january that's 38 percent more than 2021 and 6.6.4 up on 2019 the last pre-pandemic year this i'm reading from david carr's article on the racing post website so that i mean that that is encouraging it looked that way it felt that way. It sounded that way. If you're watching from home and you can hear crowds, and I'm glad that now we've got the numbers to back it up, and these are, you know, accurate numbers as well. There was, there used to be an element in terms of estimation about certain part t- ticket sales. Now these are, you know, actual numbers that you can have some confidence in, and I think that's good news. I, you know, after what has been a, a very disappointing year in terms of, of attendances, I don't think I'm not suggesting that the, the problem is solved, but clearly racing is something that a lot of people want to do uh, around that time of year it might be a family tradition w- you know whatever it is we need to make sure that they want to come back next year and the year after that as well and maybe persuade some of them to come at other times of year as well
0: it, that and the you know pretty decent tv numbers over the christmas period into into new year with that seven days solid on on itv it, and we had no racing at all leading up to christmas and nothing much on the telly either it, it does make you wonder whether if you if you sort of concentrate your efforts in 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 short bursts whether it grabs people's attention more doesn't it nowadays i don't know i'm only i'm only shoot, talking off the top of my head
1: this is the festival argument isn't it i suppose
0: um... i suppose so yeah but it, it's but it, it's a, got a little bit more authenticity because you're not just asking people to dress up and booze at the same place for three days
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it is, a, I think, I think that collective family, familial tradition, I think that does have an impact. I mean, I know in my family, I don't know about yours, going racing on Boxing Day was a tradition and my yep. parents didn't tend to go racing much you know they were quite happy to I mean if 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 the opportunity came along you know they would go but something they always did was to go racing on Boxing Day whereas me and my grandfather would go much more often than that um so you know I assume it's like that in your your household yeah
0: Yeah. funnily enough I mean ironically enough now Kempton Boxing is about the only day I don't go because we have a big family day at home but when I was growing up we always went to Kempton Every year, went to Kempston unboxing Boxing Day, a bit like we always went to the Olympia Horse Show. It was the, they were the two big treats of the Christmas holiday, um, and that's just what what we did as a family. And and actually, I would get taken by relatives or my, my godmother, who was a who was a um, small animal vet who who lived not far from Ascot. She used to take me to Ascot all the time, and she was a, um, a wonderful lady. She she used to look after Gerald Durrell's animals. Can you imagine that? Really?
3: Yeah, <laughs> in the New Forest.
0: She was, a, she was a generation above my parents, so she'd been kind of like my grandparents' age. Um, mm-hmm. And she used to... Um, I used to get dropped off there, and she lived in a little house in um, Sherlock Row, I think it was. And she she'd have this field full of New Forest ponies in a very small field. She used to breed New Forest ponies and she'd muck out and be absolutely covered in whatever she'd been mucking out in. And then she'd basically go, hang on, dear. Two minutes later, she'd come down the stairs, having just put this very glamorous long coat over the whole lot, over all her dirty clothes, <laughs> put, a bit, put a bit of lipstick on and we'd be in the car. <laughs> and then she'd drive this car. She couldn't see a thing. And she'd drive this car straight through Swinley Forest, like through a shortcut, straight through the forest into the Ascot car park
1: sounds brilliant
0: it was absolutely fantastic yeah and she she would just bet like lunatics all day long (laughs) and then she'd meet she'd meet some people who were about 25 years her junior and she said must go and talk to these two dreadful old biddies over here she'd say
1: that, that 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 would be. Uh, um, that, that reminds me of going uh, to mama Green Dog Track with my with my grandfather, and uh, he always used to refer to a guy who was known around the track as the judge, as as the the old man. And, and my granddad was, you know, at least his age, <laughs> if, not, if not if not slightly slightly older. We used to go to Wolverhampton jumps on Boxing Day. I've got some very fond. Ah, oh, yeah, that. yeah.
0: There's some quite good horses used to run at Wolverhampton. Oh yeah. Why absolutely. did I suddenly go into Wolverhampton? There's some quite good horses running at Wolverhampton <laughs> in those days.
1: Good, how you bad?
0: Um, what was it like, the Wolverhampton jumps track?
1: I loved it. I really, really liked it. And, you know, visually, you know, you're, I think you're conditioned to like the look of turf more than you like the look of all weather. I d- I'm not decrying Wolverhampton's all weather track. I go there regularly. I really like it. I think they do a great job. Um, but I do miss the turf track. Um, I saw Indian Skimmer on the flat make her three-year-old seasonal debut at Wolverhampton.
0: Wow! 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 We we have we have digressed.
1: We have just just a small bit. Just a small bit
0: right let's whip across to bahrain and catch up with trainer george baker who will be running one of the my racehorse syndicate horses in bahrain this afternoon uh, this podcast been teaming up with my racehorse now uh, during the course of 2022 and through 2023 to promote shared ownership uh, george uh, what's the story are my racehorse and it's many members going to have a winner this afternoon
2: uh, Nick, it would be fantastic. Listen, we were delighted with the horse's first run over here. He he won the race up the stand side. Obviously, you didn't get any prizes for that, but he, he finished fifth um, before. Ahead of him, we were all down the, uh, the far side, the favoured far rail. So, yeah, look, he, he's... Clearly in good order. Uh, we're drawn over the far side. Seems to be plenty of pace around us. Uh, he is all about speed. This horse. So yeah, really happy with him. Nick, and if he comes forward from that last round, uh, we had we had head, head to the track very hopeful.
0: Let's get it. And you have you had a have you had a good reception from from the membership? Is this something that's that's gone down well? This this expedition.
2: Absolutely, Nick. Uh, we've got a couple of my racehorse owners over here. They they won um, a, a good chunk of money in the in the in the lottery to to finance a trip over here. They're absolutely loving it. They were out of the yard yesterday, had breakfast with all the, the other trainers and jockeys yesterday, and uh, and they're coming coming to the track in a minute. So yeah, real real good feedback from them and um, and from the wider my racehorse crowd. I think it's, you know you and I both yeah, are, are huge fans of fractional ownership, and um, they're great to see these horses. Uh, I'm, I'm shining a light on, on on fractional ownership over
0: over here. And you've also got Lucanda running, George.
2: Lucanda, yeah, he, he thrilled us the other day when he he, he won by, only I mean, he won too well, Nick. He won by five legs um, which was a, a pleasant surprise, I guess. The handicapper didn't miss him. He went up ten. Um, look, he's off 170 days. Is he a, is he a true 107? we'll, we'll find out in a, in a couple of hours. But again, delighted with um, how he's training and and looking forward to it very much. So yeah, we've 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 had a great start to our season over here. The, the three horses who've run have won and been second and, and get it was fifth. So you know, if we can keep that roll going, it's it's a it's a no-brainer to, to come to foreign shores and, and chase this sort of prize
0: money good luck to all the many owners many of you who are a part of get it who runs this afternoon in bahrain george thanks so much you,
2: Dick.
0: thanks a lot all right time to check in as we do every month with the godolphin flying start and where this year's cohort find themselves in the world and the answer this time is in central kentucky uh, in and around the lexington area stud country And it's time to say hello to Megan O'Leary. Megan, how's Kentucky uh, found you? How have you found Kentucky so far? Ten days in.
5: Hi, Nick. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Kentucky's been great so far. Luckily, just dodged the very cold weather um, and we're now experiencing some kind of very warm and wet weather with some snow forecast this week. So I'm sure we'll get the snow at some point. No no worries.
0: Yeah, you can get four seasons in one day where you are on a tornado warning as well, I gather.
5: Yeah, we had a tornado warning this morning, which was the first a lot of us have ever experienced. That was an interesting one.
0: So talk me through the course so far and what have your highlights been?
5: Yeah, so as you know, we started off in Ireland in August, spent three months there, then followed by two months in Newmarket. And we are about 10 days into our US phase now at the moment. And we will be here until the end of June. So, so I suppose of highlights so far, I think Newmarket was great because um, I would have seen it before in just going to the sales. So it's mm-hmm. great to... We'll be there for the December sales and the Scepter session, and then also get into a lot of the training yards and get to meet some trainers and see some really impressive horses. So, New Market was great.
0: I mean, even though you're completely steeped in the industry, did you have a pretty preconceived idea before you went on the Godolphin flying start as to? what you wanted to do when you came out the back of it?
5: At the moment, the preconceived idea would be, as you said, kind of go back to the sales, breeding and selling. But I think such an important thing with this course is to keep our minds as open as we can because we're going to get to experience every side of the industry. So I think the main thing is just keeping my eyes open, trying to learn as much as I can and not be worried if that career path does change. We all come from such different backgrounds in terms of the countries we're from and the work experience we've had prior to the course. So I think and a key element within our group is that we're really learning a lot from each other because of those different backgrounds. Therefore, we're looking at very different career paths together. I did commerce at the University College of Dublin and within that I spent four months studying in Singapore and I worked um, for nine months for KPMG in their management consulting department. So I think it just showed a completely different side of the industry and of the world, um, and I really enjoyed it. And it was just kind of confirmed in one sense that the corporate world was not for me, <laughs> and that I really do have the bug for this game.
0: And w- was it always there? You know, I, some people, if they if they're growing up, they grow up in a racing family. It, it's kind of they they kick against it. Were you were you always as enthused as as your mum and dad and grandparents and everybody else?
5: Yeah, um, I grew up doing a lot of eventing. And then I suppose as I kind of got into my teens, that's when I really the interest really came about in getting to go to sales with luckily my mum and my dad. Um, that really just that really kind of set my world alight, And I've been lucky enough to have the bug and really would like to pursue a career in this industry.
0: And if somebody said to you, Megan, and they weren't from a racing background, look, I can't, you know, they, uh, there's no way I'm going to get on the Flying start. What would you what would you say to them?
5: I would say, don't think like that at all. Um, There is such a diverse group of us this year and we are all more than happy to help with anyone who is currently thinking of applying. And my best piece of advice would be 100% apply, whether you're only half thinking about it or you really do want to do it, get your application in. and There's still time yet. They don't close for another month. And you will learn so much from the application process alone. And I think myself and my fellow trainees, we couldn't vouch more for the program. We really are. We realize how lucky we are to be able to be on this program and how much we've learned so far. And I think we're only going to keep learning as we move around the world.
0: And you're uh, hosting the next podcast. Is that right? The next Flying Start podcast?
5: Yep. Alex, uh, my fellow team leader and I will be hosting the next podcast, which will be released on January 20th. And we hope, hopefully it'll be an interesting show. We're going to have Clodagh Kavna from the Flying Start on to speak about the evolution of the Flying Start over the last 20 years, as well as Jerry Duffy, um, who is the manager of Stonerside and Raceland Farms out here. And he's also a Flying Start alumni. So just talking all things Kentucky and moving to Kentucky and just, yeah, the evolution of the Flying Start over the last 20 years.
0: Megan, thanks so much. Best of luck with everything.
5: Thanks a million, Nick.
0: OK, now the horse racing industry's human welfare charity, Racing Welfare, with whom we talk on a regular basis here on the podcast, have launched a brand new app, which makes it easier than ever for racing people to access support 24 hours of the day, seven days a week. Nikki Strong is the head of communications and marketing and joins me now. Nikki, tell me a little bit more.
4: Uh, So the app is brand new, it's the first of its kind within the industry, and it's basically designed specifically for those people who are wanting to access our services. Um, So it basically came about because we know that across our social media channels um, and on our website, there's an awful lot of information uh, about various things, not just our services, about sort of fundraising and volunteering opportunities. And that can be overwhelming if you're simply wanting to access information and support. So the app is designed to put all of that information in one place so it's really easily accessible um, and you don't have to go looking for the information.
0: So you talk about information and support. Those who would normally be invited, encouraged to call you and speak to somebody, they can effectively set the ball rolling if they need help in whatever form it might be by using this app.
4: Absolutely. So um, there are two key areas of the app. There's information, advice and guidance pages, so lots of articles on there. And there's also the facility whereby you can connect to the support line and also speak to a counsellor via a live web chat. Um, So you can easily access information and support um, and speak to somebody as well.
0: And I'm guessing in your experience, some people might find that uh, an easier or a more inviting way of of getting a communication line going if if they really are struggling they might find it less intimidating to to do that than say to pick up the phone to somebody they've never met before
4: absolutely we know that one size doesn't fit all so for some people they might be more comfortable speaking face to face to a welfare officer Um, but for others they might like to access supports discreetly and in private um, so the app just enables them to do that in in whatever way they feel comfortable doing so.
0: And it's launched now. You can access your app via App Store or anywhere you get your, your apps from. Is that right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So you can download from the App Store now or from the Google Play Store. You just search for Racing Welfare and it should come up in the listings.
0: So for any concerns that you have surrounding your mental health, your physical health, um, careers and training services financial issues um easing into retirement housing you can download the app and and racing welfare can help you in all those areas nikki thanks so much
4: okay perfect thank you
0: well thanks to nikki to all my guests today lydia is still with me and has something for you are you going to go today or are you going to go at the weekend
1: I'm going to go tomorrow and I've already mentioned her. I think, I can't believe that Gallier de Lito isn't favourite for um, the 150 at Warwick tomorrow over over three miles. Uh, You can get five to two in one place, uh, two to one more generally. I I would expect her to be sent off favourite and that's my tip. So it's Gallier de Lito in the 150 at Warwick on Saturday.
0: Lydia, thanks so much. Thank you very much for your Uh, company today and for your time and we will be back with you on Monday and don't forget Charlotte will be with you after 9 o'clock this evening to reprise all the interviews we've done ahead of tomorrow's racing so we will see you Monday the 16th that was Friday the 13th be lucky bye bye